What's up, everybody? It's Fourth Fit Podcast, episode 42, quarantine episode number 11. It's been a minute. Back from the dead. This is Matt. With me, as always, is the J-Lo. What up? The wild one, Wild Bill. Yeah. And Big John Stud. Is this year over yet? God damn. I, you know, it's been, it's been a, one big kick in the dick so far. <laughs> one big kick in the dick how's everyone holding up i mean not yeah. good. it's been interesting right to say the least yeah i mean we've had what uh australia was on fire yep uh kobe died yep and uh, what else? Oh, yeah, we have a pandemic going on, so that's rad. Yep. No sports. No sports. No sports. Uh, we've got some terrible shit going on right now in the country. Yep. And, and oh, yeah, lo- the, the locusts are coming out soon, too. So <laughs> it just, it, it's just like... Oh. Now, you know what's coming next? It's those goddamn murder hornets. No, the fucking asteroid's supposed to be close, too. There's an asteroid yeah. that's close to Earth. But no, one of those 17-year broods of locusts is supposed to be coming out, like, in the next month or two. So, that's here fun. you go. I We have a lot of cicadas around me. Uh-huh. So, can someone just tell me the difference between a cicada and a locust? I think it's the same thing. It's got to be, right? Um, I mean, it sounds like a simple... It sounds like a simple uh, Google. Uh, hey, Alexa. <laughs> What's the difference between a cicada and a locust? This might answer your question. According to Wikipedia, the cicadas are a superfamily, the cicado idea, of insects in the order Hemiptera. They are in the suborder Achenarica, along with smaller jumping bugs such as leafhoppers and froghoppers. The superfamily is divided into two families, Tetagarctidae, with two species in Australia, and Cicadidae, with more than 3,000 species described from around the world, many species remain undescribed, not according to Wikipedia. Right now. of certain species of short-horned grasshoppers. In Did the you pay her to shut the fuck up now? Hey, Alexa. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> she said about 80 words right there that I don't, I don't understand. So, so locusts look like giant angry grasshoppers. Yeah. And cicadas look like the things that we know. Now the difference is cicadas don't like aren't in broods. They're not in giant groups. They just happen to be a shitload of them like up in the trees together. Yeah, and they make a shitload of noise. But locusts are travel in in broods in giant packs. Locusts are t- a type of grasshopper, where cicadas are actually cousins of crickets. Yeah, it really puts that in perspective. Wait, who's the cousin of crickets? Cicada. Cicada? Okay. Well, that makes sense because we got a shit ton of crickets around here, too. Yeah. Crickets are good. They eat shit. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. I can tell you, I can tell, I can tell that I've been home for way too long now. You know how I can tell? I'm getting into birds, bird watching. 
Send send a bunch of seed in my backyard and watching fucking woodpeckers come down and and peck away at this fucking seed and like getting a lot of entertainment and joy out of it. Lynette, now I just turned 40. Does that have anything to do with it? Maybe. Because I'm old as fuck now. Uh, Matt, I think Heidi's already starting to plan where she's going to dump you. No. She's already. The thing is, is that she goes out and buys all the fucking cakes and the seed, and and I wake up every morning, brew a cup of Joe, and I'm just like, huh. Yeah, but she's going there to get the bird seed and the lie and the shovel. If you yeah. don't know about the lie and the shovel. Yeah. <laughs> no, she. I mean, I don't know if she's going to, like, brain him in the back of the head with the shovel, or if she's just going to, like, drop you off in, like, in an over, over 60 community and just be like, here, have them. She probably just put a little bit of poison in every single bottle of my booze. <laughs> and slowly but surely, you know, it just, it's going to happen. It's okay. I probably deserve it somewhere along the way. Uh, Big John Stud, how are you holding up over there? Another day in paradise, my friends. Another day. You, you, you've got, you've got a, a huge tree down in your neighbor's yard right now because... Oh, yeah, if it's not the pandemic and if it's not the riots, it's fucking Mother Nature whooping yeah, on What, what right? do they call it, a, a, a daycod or something? I don't know what the, this, the name of it was for, but a strong storm, st- straight storm that came through here and knocked down power in the neighborhood. And Yeah, it's been it's been fun. I, I love that power, but my neighbor's house looks like a pincushion. Yeah, 2020's been, uh, they said... Been, uh, and- I think it's Montgomery County. This golf pro was. Oh like, uh, yeah, I saw that. Did he get crushed? Free crushed like the the clubhouse that he was in. Craziness. Yeah, yeah, I think it killed, it killed like three or four people. I think three people and, that day got crushed by like interviewed the wife, the mom. I mean, the mom rather. The her husband died when he was forty. Her other son died when he was twenty three in a motorcycle accident, and this son got killed by a fucking tree. Yeah. They go, go have some dinner now. Enjoy. It's like, holy shit. Why can't they put anything? Like, I sent that article to you guys. Nobody responded. Whatever. About that uh, girl. Um, from, I think like, the Indian girl who took that shitty bike 700 miles with her dad on the back of it with a broken fucking leg to get back to, like, their town. Why can't that get any play? That's very nice. <laughs> I mean, that's good shit. That's a long way, too. I mean, if it's true, 700 fucking miles, and that bike was like a piece of shit like Huffy, and she had her dad on the back, and she's like 12, 13 years old. Not just that. It's not like where she was riding that bike was exactly like... Yeah, dirt road and shit. Well, not just that. I'm talking the temperature. Yeah. I mean, it took a few days. It wasn't like I cheated. She didn't do it straight, I don't think. But, I mean, it was one of those just like, you know, this could, could get a little bit of play. This is kind of a nice thing, like a good... uh you know, speaking was, of riding, speaking of riding bikes, did anyone catch that that Lance Armstrong documentary? Any nope, part of it? I watched the first, first. I watched the first half. I'll probably watch the second half this weekend. Yeah, I'm. Act, I think I'm actually recording the second half tonight because I Lance missed Armstrong. the debut of it. I'm Lance Armstrong. Yeah, I'm Lance. Pretty much. I mean, he's Just Lance. He's such a dickhead. Yeah, he's a joke and a half. I think he had. I think he had every chance in the world to like 
make it make this right for himself the best he could and he just doesn't know how because he's just he's a prick i mean that's there's no other way of saying it he's just a he's a prick he was, I, didn't, I didn't watch it what was his what's his problem what's his deal well his upbringing was kind of um unique well i wouldn't say unique i wouldn't say like there he was the only one brought up this way but you know, he was brought up by a single mom, a very, very young single mom. I think she got pregnant with him at 16, right? Yeah, 16 or 17. 16, 17. So, like, they were very, very close in age. She didn't really uh, uh, exhibit any sort of, like, uh, authority, <laughs> you know, with him mm -hmm. um, throughout his upbringing um, and his father was a deadbeat nobody not around uh so then when she got remarried he adopted him and that's how he got the name the last name armstrong so but he was he came from like a strict military background and would like beat him with his like fraternity paddle when yeah. he like would like like not like put his socks away in the right drawer or some shit. So like I can only imagine what that, what that did to him growing up. And then when they found out that he was a freak athletically on a bike and also well, he started out swimming and then from swimming he made the transition to cycling because he entered what a couple duathlons and triathlons and stuff. Yeah. He was like crushing like even like top guys who were like olympian like you know um trained to be olympians they he was like fucking like finishing like right with them if not like beating them at a very young age so then that kind of like started the coddling right mm -hmm. and then from there he got introduced to that italian cycling trainer who probably pumped enough fucking like uh, chemicals into his system to start growing ball cancer and that's pretty much you know he didn't there's no way to confirm that he got cancer from that but this this Italian cycling uh, coach was known for just doping the shit out of his 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 trainees for it that was the whole you ain't cheating you ain't trying baby well, and he was so his the whole thing was his name was Ferrari so it was like you were trained you were Ferrari tuned they would they would joke yeah and he would get his guys and he would put them on these really extreme diets and all he would really give them was EPO yep but the problem with EPO is you have to be real you have to know what you're doing with it because when people first started doing EPO, like runners and cyclists were dying in their sleep from it Ooh. because if you use too much of it, it can actually thicken your blood up and you basically clot out. It, it's like you're done. It's like coagulates. Yeah. yeah. Done. And, um, so you have to be real careful with the dosage of EPO, but if you dose EPO correctly, it's the, extra amount of power that you can make just and it's not like all you're basically doing is allowing your body to carry more oxygen to to 
perform whatever you're doing. Well, like he said, he wanted he wanted blood cells. Yeah, he wanted to generate blood cells. That's what so, the more blood cells you have, the more oxygen you're carrying. Yep, yeah. and it 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 allows you to make a lot, especially for like cycling or you know any run. high endurance sport like that. Yeah, like it gives you such an advantage. Now, I mean, with that being said, like the reason I think Lance is so vilified. It's twofold. One, because he's an American, and that enraged the the French that this American, this cocky, brash American was just... That's just it. ...was it's, kicking their dicks in. It's the fact that he was not only American, but he was, he was arrogant. Yeah. And he was proving every stereotype at that time about Americans, like, tenfold. The, the biggest problem with him was... When people started to like accuse him of it, he wouldn't just be like, you know, shut the fuck up. I'm clean, asshole. He would try to like destroy these people, like reporters and, and, and writers. And like he would make it his, his mission to just to humiliate and destroy them. So, like, that's why everybody really came out against him. Like, since then, all these guys have popped, all of them were dirty. The late '90s and early 2000s tours were dirty. Yeah, I mean the the documentary starts with that whole team. I think it was the Festina team getting arrested before yeah. the tour started. And when that all happened, there was a a um, another team, the Onse team. They pieced out in the middle of the night. Middle they of the snuck, night, they snuck out of the country. They jumped into their team cars and peaced out because they knew they were coming for him the next morning like it was it was dirty but if his if he was french it would have been a different thing it would have it would have been different it would have probably been swept under the rug or he would have been forgiven for it a lot sooner but and I mean, even like guys that are still riding in the tour now, like Cancellara and and the, and guys like that, they all got popped for doping, but they were contrite about it when they got popped. I think it's also those guys were more of a, you know, when you when you're when you're a cyclist, you're 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 it's it's almost like a it's a one it's not a solo sport, you know. You're still on a team, mm-hmm. so there's there's camaraderie and there's 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 sportsmanship that goes along with that and i feel like a lot of those guys exhibited those those values and those attributes where lance was ignorant to a lot of that well yeah he he didn't care but he he wanted to be the best no matter what the cost was And and it i mean if if lance was contrite about a lot of this stuff they probably don't go at him as as aggressively as they did but what are you gonna do like you go to wikipedia and you look up tour de france finishes they list his name with a crossed out on every one of the ones that he won it's like barry bonds well and and like this is how much of an asshole lance was so like when that happened and they stripped him of all of his uh, torgers or all of his tour wins he posted a picture on like Twitter or Instagram or whatever of him like lounging in his like his like man cave in his house 
and in the background is all seven of the framed yellow jerseys that he wore when he crossed the Champs-Élysées. And he was just like, I think the caption was just like, don't matter what you do, I still got him. Yeah. Just like, bro. He still got millions of dollars on top of it, so. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's lost a good amount of that money. To, oh, yeah, the, gov- the government went after him. Yeah, but he's not, he's still not hurting by any means. No, and the one thing I think is kind of petty was that um, a lot of the sports organizations have, like, gone after him because now he's doing, like, triathlons again and stuff like that. He was trying to do that stuff. Yeah. And they, they tried to, like, lock him out of them so he couldn't even do it as a as an amateur. And it's just like, okay. I, I mean, you, you've, you've humiliated him. You've taken his tour victories. Now you're saying he can't even compete as an amateur in a – in a in a triathlon where like I think the winner probably gets like a box of like granola bars and yeah. a water bottle. It's just like, bro, come on. Well, so, even even in that episode when he was like on it when he was accepting that award at that cancer uh, fundraising event, mm-hmm. like he, when they called his name up to the podium, you could just te- you could just hear in the crowd. It was a mixture of like oh, yeah. claps and like like. No, like, like no one booed per se, but you could hear there was there was mumblings. There was definitely it was not greeted with warmth that you know he was up there accepting that award. Said it is the height of his success. He was worth one hundred twenty-five million. Said today he's worth about fifty million. But I just stumbled on an article that apparently he invested early in Uber and invested a hundred thousand dollars. And he hasn't said how much it's worth today, but I'm sure it's worth a lot. <laughs> Probably a nice nut, yeah. yeah. So he's not hurt for anything. Did well, they on his Cheryl Crow uh, at all in the documentary or not? Not yet. Not that I saw. Maybe she pops up in the second part because the second, the way the first part ended, it was like right when he was at his like, like right when he was like at it, the height of like his like greatness yeah so I, I think it's it, it picks up from there and then you know probably documents the uh the downfall but um i you know while we're on the subject of scumbags let's jump from lance armstrong to vince mcmahon huh <laughs> right before we started talking or uh, hitting record here i was talking about how i finally finished uh uh, the uh, second season of Dark Side of the Ring, and holy shit, I I I walked away thinking like, man, I might not ever want to pay to watch another WWF slash WWE event ever again, it, new or old, because I know I I don't want to line that guy's pocket, man. That dude is just a total fucking piece of shit. Yeah, I mean. He does have some questionable uh, things that he's done in his past, present, and future. Um, Show business. But, yeah, I mean, talk about about a business that was started, like, where guys would, like, like get in their car and drive, you know, all across the country and literally play, like, you know, high school gymnasiums and it turned into what it is today. I mean, you kind of tip your cap to him, but, you know, like any – CEO of a of a huge corporation, he does have his uh, 
But the way, but when you think about it, and now that everything is coming around, coming out, and people are telling their story, their side of the stories after 30, 40 some odd years, yeah, there's a reason why he got to where he was. He cared zero about those people and their health and their well being, and even whether they lived or fucking died. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's pretty easy to just come in with all your money and bulldoze territories and tell people that they're the greatest thing and that you'll be there for them and support them and use them for their talents and their athleticism. And then the second that they start to slip and then, and the new shiny toy coin comes into the arena and you just fucking dump them. And then you do the same thing over and over again. And anyone who says or does anything to expose you, you do away with them too. Yeah, it's pretty easy to fucking take over the take over the world that way. There's there's another side to him too. Like he he really did a lot of like if it wasn't for him, I don't know if like Dwayne Johnson is the movie star that he is. You know, I'm not saying like he's like you know the greatest person on earth, but he has done some good things. They do do a lot of good stuff. The WWE with like. Um, they have a, um, a foundation. I forget what the hell it's called. Um, but they, they do things for like making mission stuff. And they do as a company. Yeah, as a company. A lot of good things. Yeah. But, you know, and it's not just these documentaries. I remember watching the Andre the Giant one from HBO a couple of years ago. And yeah. when they, when, when his relationship with Vince McMahon went south and like one of the last interviews that they, they did with the Giant, you know, and they, and he talked about, his relationship with Vince McMahon, you could tell it was not on good terms. And then when Vince McMahon was asked about how the last days, how, how their relationship ended before he died, Vince had no, no real good thing to say. He kind of avoided the question. It just seems like you go down the line of all these guys, Brad Hart, all these guys that were like super, super mega stars in the WWF, it just doesn't end well. There, there's a there's a in wrestling there's a short window of we talk about like you know windows for like NFL running backs but like yeah, it's almost like football right it's exactly. almost like football it's like they you, you see if you watch wrestling you'll see like a young star come up and now it's totally different they have like NXT which is like the G League and then they sort of like move them up but like when these guys start they get a little bit of pop and the next thing you know. Like they're on Raw, or they're they're like maybe headlining a a pay per view, and like after that, if they don't have a good writing, a, a good like storyline for them, you'll see a lot of guys just like totally tank because the writing. I mean, there's only so much of a narrative that you can really, you know, sort of write around some well, of these. And that's just it too. Like that's a good point because look at like how the Owen Hart thing went. Like, mm-hmm. Owen Hart wanted to be a true wrestler. He's from, like, one of the greatest wrestling families ever, right? There's, like, over 40 years of, like, wrestling career, successful wrestling careers at the highest level of, of professional wrestling entertainment, you know, run that, that came from that family. And he was probably the most talented out of all of them. Sure. And he even said, I'm getting out. While I, while I still can, while I have my health, I'm going to make the uh, enough money to where I can get out, have my health, and be a family man because I don't like the way this industry is going. I'm a tech, I'm a tech, 
technician. I'm a wrestling athlete and they're not using me properly. And it's not the way I want to, it's not the way I want to, you know, go uh, the, the way I want my career path to go. He wanted to be a wrestler. He there didn't want to so be many. a reality TV character, you know, which is where that's, that was around the time when it really flipped, right? Like Vince McMahon really started like pushing that. This is an entertainment business. This is not a sports industry anymore. This is, we're entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once so, they're the, the, as the competition sort of like got, got thicker and thicker with like WCW and, it definitely got a little um, cutthroat, and you know, guys would end up leaving the WWF at the time and like going to WCW. Oh yeah, and like, and then there was like some like really shitty stuff that goes that went on between like you know drug tests being like forged and failed, and guys like you know that's the other thing. Like to your point earlier, like he never really the health and wellness policy that they have now was only because wrestlers were dying like year after year after year of like overdoses or their heart exploded. And it was from these guys getting pumped with either steroids to make them look huge on TV, or they were taking so many painkillers and drinking because they, they were on the road, you know, 360 days a year and their bodies just couldn't handle it. Yeah. You know, from the pain. Well, the, one guy, the one guy said it the best, the one guy from demolition, he said that most of the wrestlers who died at an early age, it was because they abused muscle relaxers because yeah. over a long period of time, abusing muscle relaxers just completely fucked up your circulatory system to the point where you just, your heart just stops. Yeah. And, and Vince is also like a big, he, he loves the big guy, like the muscular, like tall dudes yeah. in wrestling. And that's one reason why I don't think like Owen Hart was ever going to, um, really pan out because he all Vince McMahon to this day is like you see the guy now uh, Drew McIntyre he's like a he's like a big brawly dude they got like Braun Strowman they still like push Brock Lesnar which I don't understand but all these like big jack like tall guys it's never been like a a Rey Mysterio a uh, you know um, a Chris Benoit the own hearts of the world it's always been like a bigger dude um, I think the 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 one guy that kind of came close was probably like one of them anyway early on was jimmy snooker i mean he was he was like that high flying like one of the first guys that was like really highly athletic doing a lot of different shit in the ring and he was he was one of the he was one of the top guys you know mm -hmm. i mean of course hogan was still kingpin then you know what i mean he was still golden boy but snooker was snooker was in his crew snooker was like right there you know? Hulk, Hulk's a great example. Like, look how he's, if you watch his career, how long he lasted, and then yeah. what happened to him. He, he left because of issues with Vince McMahon, too, and went to WCW. Yep. Like, yep. he wasn't getting they all do. Or they all do. So it's like, and now that there's even more competition to this day with AEW, you know, it's going to be interesting to sort of see, like, how, the, how, how it all pans out in the yeah. future. You know, and now with the XFL kind of, going bankrupt and you know i don't know who's going to bid on that but i don't think vince mcmahon's going to bid on it to get it back but you know that was his it was his baby but you know i loved the i loved the dr d um david schultz episode uh episode 
that dude that that dude was is just like your 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 quintessential american good old boy badass that just you tell him to do something and he's gonna do it to the 500 percent and and it and it it bit vince mcmahon in the ass and that was one of the things where he was like oh my god i fucked up i gotta get rid of this guy now and look what happened they pushed him out you know, I thought it was really interesting that it, that's how they kind of like, you know, it was coming up on WrestleMania one and all of a sudden they bring in Mr. T who's hot in Hollywood, yeah. who, who looked the part, you know, who looked like a wrestler, who looked like he could hang with them, had zero wrestling experience. Now, when I was a kid, you know, seeing Mr. T and Hulk Hogan together in a wrestling ring together, it was like, holy shit, this is like the greatest thing ever in the world. But now to hear like how it all came about and like dr d was like and then like he was like a wrestler's wrestler you know what i mean like a lot he, of times it gets really hokey when they do things like when they bring in guys like mr t or when they bring in recently like rob gronkowski like yeah like like even when they, they recently brought in like ronda rousey they brought in um the, there was another mma guy that they brought in to to do a storyline with uh brock lesnar um uh, it was the uh, CM Punk. No, not him. No, oh, no, 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 he went the other way. He went the other it way. was uh, God damn, what was his name? Dennis Rodman. Well, they done that too. Yeah. <laughs> really, the only the only actor that's done it right is um, David Arquette. He's great. David Arquette's a professional wrestler now. Yeah. Was that movie Je- Jesse? You seen it? The one with he's the wrestler, him and Scott Con. Uh, I will rule you. Uh, ready to rumble? Mm-hmm. Well, and there's that documentary. They just did a documentary where, like, Courtney Cox is like yelling at him, like, "What are you doing?" As he's like pulling staples out of his face and shit. He's in wrestling. Well, that, that's what that was the greatest thing about the uh, the New Jack one. Just like getting into the ECW like world a little bit, man. That that stuff was like I was. I was young for that and I wasn't like super into it, but man, looking back and watching some of the old shit, like I, I man, that would have been fucking awesome to be into back then. Like, yeah, it was I mean, at that time. I was like, I was kind of out of wrestling the whole loop, but like I had buddies in high school who were in like super into it and they would show me stuff. And, and I just remember thinking like, Holy crap. Like this is like, this is totally insane. Yeah. yeah. And when they, when Vince McMahon bought ECW and brought that to WWE, like it, it was like a shame because they couldn't really do all the stuff to do at ECW because you're on like USA Network. You can't show, yeah. uh, you yeah. can't curse. There's no titties out. Like, yeah. you know I mean? like that stuff doesn't fly on USA Network. You know? Yeah. I always thought that that they should. When when Vince McMahon had the when he brought up the 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 WWE Network, I always thought that it would be awesome on like Friday or Saturday nights that he could do a I don't want to say X rated but ECW type stuff on the network because I think that there's a there's a whole other like you know category of people that would like really love to see that. I don't see I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do that if. You know, it would just be like it would just be like a pay-per-view X-rated it's, movie, right? You would just have to. The problem now is it's so to it. 
it's so like geared towards younger kids that yeah. like you can't really even like come up with a storyline where kids either wouldn't want to see it or they wouldn't want to show you know they do things now they still do like the the romantic relationships and things like that but it's yeah. not it's all it used to be it's not like the macho man and like, elizabeth yeah it's it's elizabeth the downfall now is like the, the writing and developing characters they just don't do it the best the best part of wwe right now is like nxt where actually Triple H is in charge of it. Like Vince McMahon has like made that his baby and it actually does really well. So when Vince McMahon passes, he, I guess Triple H will get the keys to the castle and we'll see what he can do. He's married to Stephanie? He is. Yep. So I was gonna say it's gotta be kept in the family somehow. Yeah, I think there's like there's a bunch of different like stakeholders in it. Like yeah, Kane, I think, has a percentage. So does Stephanie. I think Triple H does. And then, of course, Vince. Wife's, I mean, a very powerful businesswoman, too. Under the McMahon. Yeah. Yep. She's, she's, a, she's, a, she's a shark, that one. Yeah. She'll get you. She'll get you. Yeah. But, yeah, I hope um, I hope they keep doing more Dark Side of the Rings. I think it's a, I think it's a really good – I think it's really well done. Um and it's kind of like it's always cool to like see the uh, the behind the scenes stuff that you know in, in wrestling you very rarely see because of you know kayfabe and not breaking kayfabe and things like that. Yeah, I just I just I just love how like it connects a lot of dots for me in yeah. terms of like who wrestlers were, how they came about, who they were before they became famous, and you know like. Like, I didn't know a lot of those guys were in, like, other territories before that, you know. I mean, you always assumed it, but then, like, to actually hear their story and how it all came together and then and then knowing knowing pieces of it but not knowing the full story and then and then getting those pieces to connect it, it it's it's interesting. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 um, the Dino Bravo one, I had no idea that dude got fucking popped by the, uh, supposedly by, you know, uh, uh, mafia. Like that was just fucking insane to me. Like, I, and I, I had no idea he was so dominant in like the Canadian territories. You know, I always knew him as, you know, a, a, a pretty decent WWF character who was like always mocked as like, you know, the, the, the rogue, um, Canadian who mocked Americans and stuff that was kind of like the Canadian uh, Nikolai Volkov, you know what I mean, kind of guy. But he was always, but he was another one, traditionally built, really strong, like a powerhouse type of wrestler. But the way that, the way that he, it was just interesting to me that the, like, the way that he cut his teeth in the WWF, he, he had his own territory and when Vince was taking over, you know, buying all these territories out, he was resistant at first. And then he basically, it was basically like he had to succumb to the WWF, like against his will. And yeah, he just went around and bought everything. And then he went around and bought everything. So then, but then like, I think Vince always like, like held that over his head, you know, and knew that he was really, really 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 good and had what it took to be a star even in the wwf 
Um, but he was getting older. And I think like because he was resistant to the buyout initially and showed that resistance, you know, Vince held that over his head and didn't let him truly thrive. So it's just interesting. Like to hear everyone like and even like the family stories too, to hear like the loved ones talk about it and hear their side of like only being able to see their dad, you know, ninety days Did after you watch the Chris Benoit one. Yeah. Yeah, that like and that's the and that gets into like the really like sad ones of like of course people and really none of them have like a great ending. You know what I mean? They all sort of are downers you know what I mean? the only one that had a had a good ending really was the david schultz one david schultz was like all right like david schultz was like all right you're gonna like push me out of this industry all right well you know what like i'm gonna go do some good i'm not gonna like go on these bingers and fucking get addicted to all these drugs and shit like that he went out and he was like oh i'm pretty this bounty hunting stuff looks pretty pretty good this looks pretty pretty easy this is almost like wrestling i just have to submit these guys and he went out and just kicked ass and like fought crime and and fucking bagged and tagged fucking bad guys it's pretty cool he was like dog the bounty hunter before there was dog the bounty hunter he was he's just like a badass awesome bill what were you saying it, it is called dark side of the ring <laughs> Got it. Prepare you for me. Uh, there's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason why the, yeah, the whole dark thing. Yeah. Sunny side up from the ring this episode. Sunny side up. <laughs> Panos. Now this is dark side. We burnt your bacon. You're still gonna pay four fifty for it. Up <laughs> the ring. The road, the, the road warriors one was really cool too. That was, that was just a fun one. Yeah. Of course, it ended. It ended. You know, just crazy. Hawk dying and stuff, but but that was interesting too. Like I, as a wrestling fan, I never understood or didn't even realize. Basically, I'm like, oh, that's the Legion of Doom. That's the Legion of Doom. That's the Legion of Doom. Yep. Never Road Warriors, and I totally understood why. Why now as a kid, like I never understood. Oh my God, John, just stop. Yeah. Road Warriors were the same. Yeah. That was a big. That was a big. Uh, that was a big dot connected for John right there. It was. It was. It was I, you know what was interesting to me? How they came up with the name Legion of Doom. It, it wasn't like thought in a boardroom by Vince McMahon or anything. They were like, "Oh, that's what we called each other when we were driving in the van across the country, the Legion of Doom," <laughs> because like Hawk would watch He-Man cartoons and he would like come up with all these fucking like names for themselves based off the cartoon and shit. It's just like. It's stuff like that that I find really interesting. They were just like, like, how did they come up with the name Hawk and Animal? It was like, you would think there would be like this like five hour fucking brainstorm session by like, you know, the writers writers and stuff. And they were just like, nah, man, like I always saw myself as like when I wrestled, I feel like an animal. Oh, yeah, well, then we'll call you Animal. It's like, here's a question for everyone in the room here. I want to I want to go around in a circle real quick. Favorite finishing move in wrestling, your favorite go. Jesse, you're first. Uh it's gotta be the uh Stone Cold. It's gotta be the stunner. Stunner. Matt? DDT. 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 Phil's passed out. No, I'm mad because John Hyde 
hijacked the segment. I had a good line from the Animal Hawk Road Warrior one. I like to say it. I don't even know if I want to give a finishing move. Hawk had the greatest line ever when he said he would tell wrestlers, we're not going to hit you in the nuts, and we're not, we're not going to break your nose, but we're going to fuck you up in the we're ring. <laughs> Oh man! All right, fin- favorite finisher. Go, Bill. I don't know. I, I need two. Sweet chin music, razor's edge, and the flying elbow. I was gonna say. I was gonna. I was. I was. I was right there with you, Bill. Like DDT for me is one, but the razor's edge is like right there. Really? He would take like big dudes and just like rack them up, like just put them on the rack. Scott Hall was. She was amazing. I remember the first time I saw him, he, you know, I remember on like Saturdays when the wrestlers would wrestle like the Brooklyn Brawler and yeah. Brown. And he's Brown, Coco Beware. And they would do like cheesy like interviews of like wrestlers and like, and they did Razor Ramon was at like a Mexican restaurant and he was just like, he had the toothpick and he's like, you know what? I'm oozed in with my cheese. And it was just like, I remember that. It was like it was. I, mean, I was like twelve, and I even understood. I was like, "This seems pretty low budget." Like it was, but it was like, it was great though. And then he wrestled the next week, and like it was a really quick match. I remember, but like he had like two or three really big moves that was really cool. But uh, yeah, no, they they had a good system. And you know what was crazy about wrestling back in the day is they didn't have it all the time. But after SNL, when they would have the Saturday Night Main Event, Main Event, baby, greatest friggin' thing. I used to love that, and that's that was one of the greatest. Like, wh- it really is one of the, one of the like highlights of my childhood. Staying up late because I was never really allowed to stay up that late. And also, I mean, that we weren't allowed to, we would just fall asleep. Yeah, it was just late for us. I mean, it would start at like ten thirty. No, it was after SNL. It was Saturday main event. It was after SNL. It was twelve thirty. I remember I would ask my I would ask my old man to record it. And he was like, yeah, okay. I'm going to see if I record that. There were some huge matches. That Dude, that was when, 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 when Macho Man left Hogan. He got destroyed. That, the Mega Powers. The Mega Powers. And then they came back, and he destroyed, and, and they destroyed the locker room. Remember, Mr. Elizabeth? Oh, yeah, no. That, was, that was the setup. That was the setup to um to the Mega Powers, the match. What was that, the SummerSlam match? No, that well, yeah, no, that was the one that broke him up because Miss Elizabeth got hit by like Macho Man getting pushed. So Hogan walked her back to the dressing room. Macho Man was in the ring, like, where did he go? Where did Miss Elizabeth and Hogan go? And then Sid Vicious and Ric Flair just stomped him out. And then he lost the match, ran back to the dressing room. Hogan's like, listen, brother, she got messed up. I had to come back. He's like, you left me there, left me. And then he's just like. And they went out in the dressing room, and a little bit started crying, like, Rick, yep. don't do it! They were throwing, like, toilet paper at each other. It was great. <laughs> Saturday Night's Main Event is a professional wrestling television program that was produced by the World Wrestling Federation. Premiering in 1985, it originally aired on NBC as 29 occasional replacements for Saturday Night Live until 1991, then twice on Fox in 1992. So it had 36 episodes total between May 11th, 1985 and November 14th, 1992. Yeah. Yeah. There were some awesome matches on on that, too. That's where they introduced Akeem, the African Dream, 
formerly known as the One Man Gang. One Man Gang, baby. And that was always great when somebody got, would, get, would get rebranded. Like Tugboat, he was something else, too, before he was Tugboat. Yeah, well, didn't wasn't Tugboat, didn't he become Typhoon or some shit like yeah, that? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was the Natural Disasters. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. Earthquake, for such a big guy, that dude knew how to wrestle well. He just sat on you. Can you imagine, like, 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 what if you farted on your face when he sat on you? Like, oh, God. Oh, don't you remember Yokozuna? That was, like, his finish. Oh, yeah. Well, you know who, you know, one of the ones that scared the, scared the shit out of me as a little kid. I was truly, like, fucking scared of this guy. Uh, was Kamala. Remember Kamala? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, just the way he, his face was painted and his eyes got real big and, like, he would start smacking his stomach and shit like that and, like, he would come out with that mask and everything. It just scared me to peace because he didn't speak. That's the thing. Like, if he would have spoke and said stuff, like, even when he was doing his, like, his interviews with Mean Gene and stuff. His, his, uh, what was it? Who was his manager? Slick Rick, right? Wasn't Slick Rick his manager? Kamala? It might have been Mr. Fuji. It was one of those. And like, they would talk for him. And all he would do in the background, it looked like he wanted to eat Mean Gene the whole time. Like, he just wanted to fucking kill him. And I was, I will never forget, my grandfather used to get us, he knew someone, he had a friend in the, in the, ticket in the box office of the spectrum back in the 80s when the when they would have um spectrum wrestling and prism would broadcast it and shit my grandfather would get us either um seats right where they came out like right where the tunnel came out so like you could high five the wrestlers and stuff or he got us ringside sometimes and I remember one one time I was ringside and Kamala came out and I fucking straight up shit myself. Like I, I hid behind my dad. It was like I wanted no parts of it. And like I think Kamala wrestled it was either Hawk Hogan or Macho Man that time. And like of course you know they won. Kamala lost. But like I was just so scared of that guy, man. And now he's doing really bad. Like he had to have both legs amputated and shit. Like he's like. I think like diabetes got the best of him. That sucks. Yeah, he's not in good. He's not in a good way. Speaking of not in good ways, how about Kevin Durant breaking news? Not going to play this season. What a boner. Well, no, I mean there was no reason for them to. They can't make them. I mean, they're not going to. Well, I guess they could technically. What do you mean they can't? Yes, they can. That's the beauty of this new playoff format. Yeah, but I mean, Kyrie's not. Like, feel they don't have a coach. John, They're scrapping this season. He's too busy buying part, buying a, a stake of the union to worry about playing basketball. Uh, uh, yeah, yes, you're right. Yes, he is too busy doing that stuff. But like, come on, Jesse, you <laughs> might actually, Jesse, that might actually sway me to actually go to a union game or two. In yeah. the rare chance that I get to meet KD and scream at him. How much no, you think? No, no, I'm a KD fan. I like KD. How much do you think KD got paid this year for not playing at all? Oh, uh, people, I got the max thirty-five million. Uh, I'll try thirty-eight. That's all right. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I put three million. No, I mean he signed a four-year max contract for like one seventy something. And yeah. yeah, I mean, and and the thing is, they knew he wasn't playing this year. Like 
they they were just so happy. And the crazy thing is, is like still to this day, like I read, I've, I've seen from multiple Rick Broussard, uh, multiple people said that if he didn't get hurt, it was almost like a done thing. He was going to go to the Knicks because he wanted to be the one to turn the Knicks franchise around. But after he got hurt, he really questioned his ability to do it on his own where he felt he, he had was never going to the Knicks. What's that? He said he was never going to the Knicks. Of course he could say that now because he's a net dude. Are you kidding me? They had it locked up. Are you never going? He was never going to the Madison Knicks. Square Garden, Manhattan. He has a, he's, he, he lives in Manhattan. Like yeah. he works in Manhattan. Like Knicks and Nets are literally. I know Brooklyn's like like a you know a trendy hipster area to be. Jay Z goes there. New York Knicks, Madison Square Garden, still the mecca. Like he wanted to make that the mecca again. I'm telling you. He didn't get hurt. He, he's a neck because he would have got somebody else to go play with him there too. He's, but, uh, is he is he healthy or not? KD? Right no, now, I don't think he's healthy. You don't, don't think know. he's healthy? I, I think he's healthy. I just don't think he's in basketball shape. None of these guys are in basketball shape. That's I, that to me is like really disappointing from like a professional athlete standpoint. Like he is definitely healthy. Like at this moment, he could play basketball. Why wouldn't you want to help your team? Why would you want to help your team? Why wouldn't you want to go out there and, and and win and try to win something? Yeah, but how long ago was he cleared to even start PT, uh, finish PT? Um, that, that injury he had is no joke. Game five of the 2019 NBA Finals. That was June then. That's almost a year ago. But he had an ACL and MCL. Like, he had the double whammy. Like, that – and for basketball, like – Here's the I mean, thing, though. Here's the thing, Bill. They're they're going to play. They're going to start next season at Christmas. So it's not like he's getting like another. Oh, he's not playing next season either. No, no. He's good. The, the thing is, he's going to play next season. But yeah. next season for basketball is basically going to be the end of this season. They're going to start the NBA season on Christmas. No, I would know, which I did here in December. But I think the reality is is. With his age, his injury pass, I, I think it's like it's like like you said, there's not enough time to get him in game shape and it would be one of those things where this team's not built to contend this year and they're they're thinking long term. They're mm-hmm. thinking in the next three years they maybe have a chance to win a championship. That's the one thing I was thinking, Bill, is like the miles that he already has on the on his tires. He's thirty he's like thirty two, thirty three. And he's had several serious injuries in his career. Like, well, not to mention how many. I mean, he he he's very rarely missed the playoffs in his career. Yeah, so I mean, he's played. He's gone deep into the playoffs pretty much the last ten years, like LeBron has. And he's not built like LeBron. I mean, LeBron's a you know is, is a freak specimen. I mean, obviously, KD is a great athlete, but like, I mean, that's what I'm telling you. I think KD has. One or two years left of being like a top player, and I don't even think he's going to be like the best player in the league because you don't come back. Iguodala had the same injury, and I think Iguodala was a better athlete than KD, and Iguodala was never the same. He said after that injury that he just couldn't jump the same, couldn't run the same, and I don't see how. I mean, KD's still going to be amazing. He's six ten, and he's one of the, the best shooter, and so he's yeah. going. To- yeah, and he's his he's not, he's, he's not, blessed with so much basketball talent. I don't think he he's, he's just going to be a scorer. I think he's going to suffer defensively, and I don't think he's going to be as explosive as he. I mean, because he could do anything before, and he still will be very good. I'm not going to downplay him, but yeah, I don't think 
I think that's an injury that probably that really set him is going to really scale him back. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Situations like this, not that I ever thought that Michael Jordan wasn't the greatest of all time. Yeah. Watching that documentary, it even cemented it more in my brain. But when situations like this come up, where a top five, you would you would argue, I agree. Like you can play. Fit to play. Who is come? Who has? It's been a year since his injury. They have this pandemic going on. He, he's had enough time. Enough time now to get back to game shape and 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 to be ready physically. And he's just not going to do it because why? Because what? They don't think they have a chance. No, I agree. It don't help his. Like he don't have that fire to be like the great. You know, like and 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 that's no. what makes me infuriated when I hear people. Mainly younger news media say, you know, you know that LeBron's the goat and this and the other, and that's a whole other, you know, segment we, we we can have at some point, which I'm glad to have. But like, I agree, John. Like the fact that Jordan would like go out there with one leg if he had to and yeah. to play, and he don't care. Like he would do whatever he could to be out there. It's he just definitely a different. It's a different era. Honestly, all those guys from that era. You know, I mean, even look at Isaiah Thomas in that in that series when you know that final series against the Lakers. I mean, they ended up losing, and he was out there break with a broken ankle. And and you've always said towards the game like, seven, these you know? guys like are so buddy buddy that's like it's so like you know back then when you watch these documentaries, they hated each other. They well, respected each other. Well, they were buddy buddy. They were buddy buddy, but not on the court. They say there was a mutual unwritten rule yep. when you were on the court. Well, because they were competitors. They were for those, asked, four, they were, for those four quarters. For those four quarters, you are not my friend. Yeah, and now it's and now it's all about like making the next move to get your next big contract to set yeah, yourself up to be a champion. Kevin Durant can never play basketball again, and he'll get 176 million dollars from the Nets. So and 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 he's already made a hundred and seventy million dollars the previous. So it's like, and that's the thing I think that I mean it is what it is. I mean NBA players, yeah, they made the you know the 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 jump in the mid to late nineties when salaries got up to be double digits. But I mean for the most part, the highest paid players were making two three million dollars. That was a lot of money in the early nineties. Don't get me wrong, but these guys have hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean this is like fuck you money. This is like well, I go yeah. only in private jet money. Well, and also the there's also the point that Jordan made in an interview once that you know nowadays players they're not they're 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 paid based on their potential they're not they're paid before they even prove that they're worth that they're I paid on that. their yeah. potential you well, know they, they don't they don't earn it before they get it and that that's you know that that's kind of case in point. There's no way he deserves a max contract. There's zero way he's earned a max contract. There's no way, and he got a max because that's just what it is. That's the going rate for a starting all-star point guard. But there's no way you're telling me he's worth $30, $35 million when he's averages 16 points a year. He uses take jump shots, and he's not really progressing. If you look at his stats from the first three years, his points have stayed the same basically within a point. Rebounds and assists are all within the same thing. They're all within a point of each other. And field goal percentage is the same in the low 50s. He's the only dunks and takes layups. So it's like, 
You're telling me that's, you know, you can't find a guy to get 16 points and eight assists a game for less than $35 million? Go fucking sign Jeff T for eight. He'll give you that, you know? Seriously. Yeah. Like, and, and, I, and I love him. I want him to be great, but it's like, he ain't earned a, a fucking five-year, $150 million contract. Are you kidding me, dude? Even Joel, a little bit, he was a little bit more dominant, but still, I mean, he actually didn't get a max deal. But, I mean, Toby... Toby doesn't even, Toby doesn't even, hasn't put up 25 points back-to-back games. I don't think as a sixer. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I could be totally off. But you tell me he's worth fucking 35, whatever million he's getting a year. He's averaging um, under 20 a game. I think a lot of times general managers look at, like Matt's saying, potential. But, like, sometimes you got to, in the Sixers case, they had to spend money. No, you do. You have to overpay because nobody comes yeah. here. Yeah. We, the biggest mistake in the Sixers' history, and maybe Philadelphia sports history, will be letting Jimmy Butler go. He might be the best basketball player next to Allen Iverson, Dr. J, the city's ever had, and we let him walk. Well, we'll see how he does in, in Miami, but I, I tend to agree with you. I think I think the better decision long term was probably to keep him uh, and and you know not to say grind him for all for all you can get out of him, but like yes, like. Here's all the money you asked for. Take the keys, run with it, be the leader that this city needs, and 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 take this team to a final and win it. Yes. I, I, and I think he had that dog that Ben and Joel needed to, to see that can be like, pay hey, man, get on my back. Pressure's on me, not on you guys. Yep. You know, I'll let you shine when you want to shine, but when you want to kind of hide and get scared, give me the ball and I'll do what I got to do. And- and someone who also isn't going to get coddled by, you know, an owner or, or, or a coach like, like Brett Brown, who basically seems to like be, um, I don't want to say a player's coach, but a player's coach. No, I, I agree. He's, he, he's like, not Jimmy that. Butler questioned things. He's and, not that like, you know, he, I don't know. Like I read an article a few weeks ago. I was going to send it, but I just chose not to because I had no six years to drive was Brett did, a, Brett did an interview and he said, you know, after like the seventh or eighth game, after he commented about how he wanted Ben to shoot at least one three game and he didn't, he's like, I really thought about benching him at halftime, took our second half in one game, but, you know, decided that really wasn't going to be, you know, productive. But the, the thought crossed my mind to teach Ben a lesson. It's like, great. You thought about benching him at halftime after eight games and not listening, and you didn't do it either way. That means yeah. you got no fucking control over your team. I don't need you coaching my team, Brett. I'm like he's. I'm. I was such a Brett Brown guy this whole time. He he took a shitty situation with the fucking tanking and this that, and the other. But uh, and and I know these guys are young, but man, for you, for you not to be able to make Jimmy Butler work here, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't know, like Brett. And the problem is, is I don't know what else is better out there. Like, what's better that's out there? Tom the Knicks, Dippinell, the yeah, he'll probably go to the Knicks. Like, he's going to be a Knicks coach probably. And I don't even want him, really. Oh, you mean Brad? I'm, I'm talking – I thought you were talking, like, who else is out there that, that like, player-wise we could we – No, could I mean coaching. Like, I mean, because I kind of don't think Brett's the guy, but it's give like – me, Give me a Tom Thibodeau. Give me a Van Gundy. Thibodeau's going to be gone. He, the Knicks are going to sign him. Like, it's a done deal, bro. Give bro, bro. me um, – um, Who's the old Dallas coach? Um, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle. No, 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 no. The guy before him. 
played in the NBA. Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson. Oh, he's terrible. He's at Alabama. He ruined that program. Oh, we'll go figure. Go Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide, Avery. I, I, I either here's my point. I either want a Thibodeau Van Gundy type coach, Popovich in that realm. I know Popovich isn't isn't coming here, but like, or I want a player, a player, a, a guy who's played in the NBA, um, that can sort of like get through to these we guys. Had Monty Williams, and we decided well, to keep Brett and Ben. I agree with we could you. have had Monty Williams and Jimmy. We could have Monty Williams and Jimmy Butler, and got a great pick for Ben probably, or great something great for Ben. And we'd be the one or two seed right now in the East. And we'd have Monty Williams, Jimmy Butler, Toby, Tobias Harris, JoJo. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, reason why in three months, in three months, that Jimmy Butler in his new – or not Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons in his huge mansion couldn't put a, a basketball net outside and could be like – you know, an all-time three-point shooter when he showed back up in, in, in July 31st. He's a show. All he did he's was shoot. Stack. I have no faith that he's going to progress. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to – he's going to have one or two games in the series. That's going to be 33 and 18, and we're going to be like, oh, my God, there he is. And then when the series is tied at two, we need him to perform big. Nothing. Joke. Nothing. And it's gonna be back to oh you know we we, we were right there we Matthew Matthew Brett Brown we were right there and uh, <laughs> you know I think my guys showed great potential and we'll we'll be back at the gym we'll head back to the to the to the complex <laughs> you know you know we'll, we know we'll keep grinding and it's a good, it's a good learning experience it's Philadelphia 76ers, sixers twenty seven and one odds to win the title. Tell you what, though, I looked in the lineup because I think Shake Milton's a baller. I, Shake I, Milton is the, Shake Milton's the truth. He's probably he's, he's probably the realest player. Second round pick that traded for from Dallas might be our might be our best point guard in the last ten years. He's probably the realest player. I saw him play a Blue Coats game once, and he was he totally just took over. And I was like, "Yo, man, we need to bring this guy up." And like, sure, shit, like a couple months later, he was up. He didn't get hurt. He got hurt last year at SMU. He fucked up his, I think it was his knee. But this kid, like, is, I've, I've seen him in college where he's had, like, two points at halftime and he finishes the game with, like, 31. It's like, what? Like, this kid is, like, streaky to the max. But, like, he, he I mean, we watch him. He's got a nice drive. He's got, like, nice, nice he's smooth. Mid-range. He's very explosive. He's smooth. He, he, he takes care of the ball. He takes care of the ball. You know, he might he's like a mix. Ball. He's a mix. <laughs> he's a mix of uh, James Harden and Dwayne Wade. Like he has Dwayne Wade. Relax, like, relax with those comparisons. Both, but yeah. Well, he's a mix of a uh, not so good version of both of them. Well, but. he's young. I mean, none of them, I mean, it took those guys years. But the thing about it, I mean, that game against. Yeah, I know it's one game, but when he when he started. I mean that game against the Clippers. He had what, like forty some. He had over forty, or he had over forty points, like a handful of times already, in a handful of like. Don't just do that in the NBA. Yeah, hey, like, someone's got to score points because Ben Simmons isn't doing. That's what I'm saying. Fuck Ben. Go play power forward, you pussy. Go get rebounds. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. Hey Ben, go play power forward, you pussy. Yeah, pussy. Forfeit podcast. That's a <laughs> God. That's that's called Lamborghini money right there. 
<laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, podcast. We still have a uh, social media channels at Forfeit Pod. You can hit us up there. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us how much you missed us or how much you still want us to go away. At Forfeit Pod. Um, you know, if the playoffs started today, Boston Johnny would be getting all rallied up in his self-degree face paint. Just playing the 1965 Eastern Finals where Havlicek stole the ball ball against Bill Chamberlain and the Philadelphia 76ers. Just saying. Just saying. Back when the Sixers won titles. Back then. I want Jesse to fly his drone into your fucking basement and just (laughs) destroy it. You disgust me. Listen, I'm just telling you, I call it like I see it from the beginning. I didn't waver from my my Joe Dark uh, conversation. The Celtics don't scare me whatsoever. They can't even touch our post size. Giannis is better than Joel Embiid, and the six and the Sixers lineup doesn't even sniff the jocks of the Celtics. Wait, what did you just say about who's better than Joel Embiid? Giannis, I'm to think. Oh yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're beating the Bucks because we don't have discipline. Because we turn the ball over, but we 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 could easily beat Boston. I don't think there's anybody that scares that that we can't beat, except for the except for the Bucks because they're just a better team. And they have to get better coaching. And coaching matters. Like, you know, we, we probably should have beat the Raptors too, but Nick Nurse is out-coached Brett Brown there, that entire series. Do you really think that Joel Embiid is going to be healthy to start the beginning of this playoffs, whatever tournament we're going to have here? you think he's been out there and you think he's been conditioning? We'll see. Well, no matter what you do, it's not the same as game. I mean, game, you know that. I mean – I, I understand that, but again, three months off, there's no excuses. Uh, he's a fat fucker. He's coming in like a porky bitch. Yeah, he's probably been fucking eating uh, what's his, what's a shit to eat? It's a Shake Shack. Chicks pull Could you Chick-fil-A get FedEx overnight? Would they be good still, I guess? Nah. If what? I guess I said, could you, could you somehow get In N Out burgers like from Cali over, but nah, they um, go bad. I don't know where he's, he might not even be local. I don't know if he is or not. I think they were in Philly because I think they, they they went to the complex a few times in the last few weeks. Him and Ben, I thought I saw. Uh, I just have my doubts. With hey, I hope Joel be proves me wrong. I really do. I'll eat my words, but I just have a I have a feeling. I've and I've had it for a while. Now I think I think we're good enough to where that's finally come to the dark side. He he went off. Remember we were we had the most anticipated forfeit episode. It was the it was the All Star break Matt Shedder synopsis of where this where the Sixers are, and he blew a gasket. It's exactly what we thought was going to happen. We predicted it. Matt's come to the dark side. No, he's not a bullshit Celtics fan. I know. I'm. I, 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 hey, I. Hey, listen. I tip my cap. But I'm just telling you, I called like I see it from the beginning. I <laughs> John muted himself. No, I muted him. 
Oh, you did? Yeah, I don't know how to unmute it either. Oh, no. Oh, no. Sorry, Boston Johnny's muted. Oh, what a shame. Havlicek stole the ball. Out of that end. You ain't missing much, Jesse. Don't worry. I'm not muted. Oh, there he is. (laughs) He's back. All right. He's back. Hey, go back to the tape. I stand for what I said months ago. We'll see what happens. And I hope to get Joe Dark back here when the Celtics beat the Sixers and we can rehash this conversation. Oh, there's going to be we're going to have Joe Dark. We're going to have Joe Dark back on regardless of what what whatever the Sixers do. Oh, I can't. Because we're going to have to talk about what no. went wrong, what went right. What John gets too mad. John gets mad. We have to have. <laughs> John gets mad and wants to like punch him in the face. We have to have the the Joe Dark episode. We have to do that when um we can all be back together again. So we can just we can see That's, the I agree that that should be a live episode. Like we need him here. Yeah, I mean, you know, doing Pat the episodes gets broken. Doing the episodes via Skype, it's really cool that we have the technology to keep this going the way it is, but I I'll tell you it's not the same. It's not no. the same without the without the headphones on, the microphone. You know, being able being able to tell to tell you guys to go fuck yourself right right to your face, not not through a computer screen. Or you know, just really flare up, go fuck yourself, go fuck yourself, go fuck yourself. Shut the yeah. fuck. Yeah, <laughs> their personal attacks curling at you. It's always it's always attacks. It's great. Uh, do we have have we decided what phase we're gonna be taking away? I mean, if if say if you know for live broadcasting. Uh, well, well, what phase is New Jersey in right now? We we've lifted. See, I don't even know what goddamn day it is, let alone what phase we're we're in pandemic wise. By June twenty second, I think almost everything's going to be open again, like in some capacity. Like it might not be. And I think you can have pe- like up to ten people in your house now. It, it, am I wrong by saying that? That's I what I, I mean. I they lifted. They lifted that Memorial Day for Memorial Day weekend, but I don't know how that works. I mean, and that's where the whole bubble rule came in, right? I mean, if you're going to be in the house of 10 people in close quarters, then I think you need to have a mask. Yeah. I'd rather be outside with you guys on a, you know, on a front porch or a front yard or Jesse's backyard with the headphones on, on a big table. We can, we could absolutely, we can absolutely do that. Yeah. And I have a big enough table. And it's not, I mean, if Bill or somebody had a pickup truck, I mean, I, if only someone had a pickup truck, I don't if know. If only someone had a pickup truck. I'm not lugging that shit nowhere. Listen, that's a pain in the dick hole. Listen. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we so, could set it up to, in the in in the basement to be socially distanced. We got those dividers, put the dividers up. We have <laughs> dividers, but we also have, you know, we have these things called cables that are connected to our microphones that are that are pretty long, so we could. We could we could spread out, you know. I mean, we have. I agree. I mean, or we could get some four, clear, um, We could even do like clear like shower curtains and build like an X, and each person gets in one part of the um. The yeah. X. Yeah, like a quadrant. Yeah, so we could still see each other and scream at each other, but we're not. Because you know, because you know, when we're screaming, there's like. You know, there's fucking spit flying out of our beards and shit. You know, you, we don't we don't want that on a on a on a normal day, let alone in a pandemic. Yeah.
Yeah, it's in discussion. We got to uh, put it on the table, decide. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the the one thing that I guess is not for up for a discussion is a remote, because Bill doesn't want to, you know, put in the work to disassemble the board and bring it somewhere. Yeah, that's completely not going to happen. Yeah, we would have to hit up uh, our audio engineer Jay Yackett for that. Was it going to another board? We we would unplug everything the right way, but then we wouldn't plug it all back in the right way. You guarantee that. I mean, I guess we could buy a second board. Just everybody throw money in. Yeah, second board of traveling. There are many one we can get. John, John, it looks like John wants to make a point. John is no, deep in thought. No, I was, I was wondering um, if there was a way to do it, you know, with headphones and and stuff with a computer. But I, I guess that wouldn't be advantageous. But we could discuss that at another later later date. Like, like doing it the way it is now. Yeah, like I don't know how that would work if if you were at a kitchen table or a picnic table outside with this and a Wi-Fi, and well, we'd all have to have computers, and then, and then that would or, or maybe I don't know, maybe they make some sort of weird splitter type thing that you can put a ton of. Or we could just, can't we just call each other and just four way FaceTime on this and just record our voice? I mean, I just did a. Um, we can. It would sound like we were in a a soup can, but. Uh, well, it's no different than when Jesse doesn't talk into the microphone. And Bill's <laughs> Hey, hey, hey! That was because somebody put my mic together incorrectly. Hey, listen, man! Everyone's <laughs> responsible for their own mic at some point. <laughs> yeah, man. Now we, now we have the stickers on it, so we know which way to which way is the right way to to go. <laughs> we need more stickers. We need more stuff. I have plenty of stickers. A ton of stickers. I have a ton of pasties. I mean stickers. Now that it's now that it's uh, summertime, they're going to be on stop signs. Oh man, they're going to be on stop signs. They're going to be they're going to be on the beach. They're going to be used as pasties. It's going to oh, be, be it's going to be forfeit forfeit pandemonium. And remember, uh, our female listeners out there, if you're a fan of the show and you'd like, uh, you know, maybe two or three. Well, no, that, see, that's the thing. Male male listeners get one. Females get two for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. And send your send your photos to Forfeit. <laughs> send your photos to dear old Captain Forfeit. <laughs> and today, send right away. Bill, Bill mans that inbox. Goddamn right I do. <laughs> Bill manages that inbox. I just always send shit into Captain Noah. He doesn't know how to log into Instagram, but you sure shit know he will manage that inbox. He knows how to answer email. Talico one two three four five one two three four five. I used to submit stuff to Captain Noah. Goddamn right. I still think I was on the show one time, but I can't prove it because it went by so quick. Like and uh, well, God. they used to do it like at the end, like with oh yeah, and you, credits, were, you know what I mean. Hanging up the picture, then you would go by and you write your name on it. It'd be like, "Dear Captain Noah from Bella," and I, I, I could have sworn one time I thought I saw mine, but I was like, "I, I can't." I think that, I don't know. I think that was mine. I can't prove it. it was. I think there was another show that used to do that too. There was Captain Noah, and then there was another morning show that used to like you would send your stuff in, and if they picked it. You would like they would show it on TV, and then you would get like some prize or something. There, there was like just way more better shows. Like I would love to watch Mr. Wizard now. Oh man, well, Mr. Wizard was the best. 
He was great. He would, he would be like simple stuff, like with popsicle sticks, and then he'd be like, "All right, well, grab a blow a butane torch real quick. Go out back." <laughs> and it's like, "Dad, where's the butane torch?" I guess. Today we're gonna learn how to make black powder, Jimmy. Because like one day it would be like, "Oh, take popsicle sticks and glue and string, then you can make a kaleidoscope that can also be a kite." Black powder. Isn't that pretty much Mythbusters, though? No. No, 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 no. no, no. no he, wasn't, he wasn't proving things, like, whether things would work or not. He would demonstrate, like, straight up, like, science. Uh, all right. I'll shut up. It wasn't like... Sorry, dude. You, yeah, don't... You can talk about Bill Nye, science guy, guys like that that are a little whatever. He would actually... His show wasn't bad either. It actually really wasn't. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to include him in this. But uh, Doctor Wizard on Nickelodeon, dude, yeah. that show, Mister Wizard, dude, Mister Wizard, Mister Wizard, just the shit would be because because then it would be you can't do that on television. Would be on shortly after. Dude, there was a great run. Camp Anawana. Shit, that back in the day. Uh, salute your shorts. Yeah, dude. You got, these kids don't even fucking know Dude Ranch. Remember Dude Ranch? Hey, yeah, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Dude, salute your shorts with donkey lips. Yeah, it was so good. It was fun, Nick. Oh, God. Classics. Ugly. Ugly. Uh, uh, dude, Mr. Wizard was, he died, he lived to be 100 years old. God, good for him. Sign up for that right now. Well, actually, well, technically 99. 90, he was he was 99, 99 years and like a couple weeks shy of 100. Crazy. He had a good run. He had a real good run. Inspiring young kids all over. Doing this part. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, any parting words before we put the put the kibosh on episode forty-one or forty? Is this forty-one or forty-two? This is forty-two. Forty-two. I hope the next time that we have this podcast record that uh, twenty-eight more days, things are things are much better than they are now. Let's put it that way. And hopefully, somehow, baseball manages to not shoot themselves in the dick. Yeah, see, that's our that Jesse. That, come on now, please. You know the answer to that. We're saying forty-eight games now, Jesse. Come on, seriously. Yeah. Why don't they just Why don't they just have an all an all-star game and just like a home run derby that everyone will watch that and then Oh man, that'd be great. Wins the championship. Here's and then Mal Rob Ranford could be like, Hey, it's a trophy. It don't mean anything anyway. It's just a trophy. Who wants it? It don't Listen, mean nothing. We'll take all the top all guys. Like, say you get like twenty guys and do like a home run derby, and the top guy gets like. Twenty million dollars, and then there you go. There's your, there's your, there's your uh, major league baseball event for the year. Somebody said one of the proposals a owner put for basketball was instead of paying everybody like their regular salaries, like you give everybody like like a couple hundred grand, and then you put like two hundred fifty million dollars in the championship prize pool for winner take all championship, divvying it up how they see fit. The player, but players only win that money, or whatever the dollar amount was. And the players were like, yeah, no, we don't want to do that. Huh. Can't blame them, though. It's, it's, I always thought that, that that's, that's the way that sports should always be, is that 
you assemble however team you can, right? Doesn't matter if it's if it's guys from you know I always joke Rick Vaughn California Penal League, but the guy a guy from Cal the California Penal League, you know maybe a superstar from here, maybe a guy who plays in the farm system down here, and you play a season of baseball or whatever sport, and when you win or at the end of the season you win the World Series, the finals or whatever, you get as a team to split. I don't know, five hundred million dollars, and there's your, there's your, there's your winnings. You get no salary during the season; it's all in for that. You would see a totally different game, totally different game. You would see, you would see no game. Period. End of story. Come on, you wouldn't play pickup basketball knowing you could win the the I don't know championship for pickup. Not if I was a professional athlete. Well, again, it would be a different. It would be a different league. Are you? Oh, you're talking about just random crumb bombs. If if we started the forfeit basketball league, okay, sounds great. Right, ring to it. And you could get a guy from Rucker Park, Matt, Matt, Jesse, and Bill, and myself. We're 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 owners, right? Don't forget about Brian. We gotta get Brian. Brian, there we're all owners, all of us, and we go out and we pick. Different players from different areas of the world, country. Well, I won't be an owner. I won't play with you. Uh, all right. Well, you're, you're not. You're, well, you understand what I'm trying to say, though. Yeah, I get it. I'm gonna own the warlocks, bitches. Jesse can own the warlocks. You would be like Jerry Krause. Be like, give us one more year. You have a chance to run it back. Nope. Blowing it up. <laughs> but would like, for instance, Durant would Kevin Durant's tune change? And granted, he's a professional athlete, so it's a little bit different. He's been getting paid for years now. But like, would his tune change if this tournament goes goes through, and all of a sudden you could win two hundred million dollars, three hundred million dollars split against twelve guys? I think his tune would change. I guarantee I know, you. Dude. I guarantee you, Michael Jordan would. I guarantee you, Michael Jordan would do it. It already did with Tiger and Phil. It's like the 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 uh, the framework is there, and see how that worked out. But the difference, though, is like a lot of these sports. If you're playing a full season, I mean, look what happened. To, look what just happened to KD. He he ripped his Achilles apart. Like dudes yeah. aren't going to be like dudes look. aren't going to be like you know what. I'll, I'll I'll play a year. I might get hurt real bad. I might never be able to play again. But oh, now I'm hurt. Now I don't get anything. No. Every let's face it. Every professional sport, probably other than football, plays way too many games. Way too many games. We can agree that 182 baseball games is entirely too many baseball. Games. 162, John. Whatever. Hockey. What do they play? 80 some. Something like that. It's around the same as the NBA. It's like eighty some games, and same thing with basketball. Like it doesn't need to be that many, that many games. It doesn't cut the cut the season to forty games, cut it in half, and then playoffs. Yeah, but that means that the, that their salaries get cut in half. Right, but but then you could, but could you then say when you get into the playoffs and your team wins, here's a here here's what you know the the grand prize is. Then you get to the next round. This is the grand prize. And then you win it all. And this is the big, you know, ducktail. Yeah, yeah, where's that money coming from? All the owners would have to put in that money. Yeah, and it would be like a, a all for all for one. Type yeah, thing. but the cheap owners aren't well, there's a couple problems with that. From an ownership standpoint, like 
you know, you for, for something like MLS, that's basically how those guys get paid because um, they're franchises. They're not teams. MLS owns every contract on every player. The league. Well, I mean, we're talking. You're talking about soccer now. It's a totally different. Well, realm. no, but so they could do something like that. So every year, before the season starts, the league calls every owner and says, "All right, the salary pool this year is X million dollars. You owe us a check by this date for the salary pool, and then." all of that money is sent to the league and then the league disperses the paychecks to all the players. So the Philadelphia union isn't paying their players. The it's league the, is paying. Yeah. So, you no, know, thought. it's a thought. I don't know. Gotcha. So they could do something like that, but from a play, from an ownership standpoint, you have deadbeat owners. Like they're not going to be like, yeah, I want to put in money that my guys aren't going to get. Is there another way that Major League Baseball could could savor their season, you know, cut it real short and do I don't know, uh, like a tournament? A tournament baseball is tough. I mean, but it would be kind of fun if they did NCAA style with all the teams. Sixty seventy games is so doable, and it'd be so much fun to watch. Yeah, but I, they're, remember they're already like now, we're already in July, dude. Like. I know we're in, we're not really we're at the beginning of June, but if base if if basketball is going to start until July thirty first, baseball is going to start until af- way after that. They should do a little league little league World Series type tournament. If yeah. you did, if you could start the league July one, if you could start or, right or weekend, so that that gives them a month to get ready. Yeah, but there's so much. The, the, that's the thing, though. They just can't, like, flip the switch like that. Where are they staying? Where? What's the proto? There's so much red tape. You know what I mean? Like, at least the NBA has a place to go. They have the hotels. They have all this. Well, you no, know? they 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 did all the logistics. They would do it in, um, I think it was, like, Arizona. But, they, but the, what's the deal? They won't take a pay cut in the salaries? Well, no, it was... Well, what was what was agreed upon was prorated salaries. So, if you were scheduled to be paid twenty million dollars this year, and you paid played half the season, you'd get paid ten million dollars. If right. so, it was all prorated based on games played, which is the fairest way to do it. It was agreed upon. It was ratified. Both sides agreed to it. They were starting to figure out the logistics on where they were going to play, how they were going to deal with getting family. You know, they were dealing with all of that stuff. And then the owners are like, oh, I'm not going to get any gate this year. I'm not going to get any concession money. Oh, we're going to lose. We're going we're gonna to lose money. We're going we're gonna to lose too much money. And then the players are like, cool, cool. Well, then show us the proof that you'll lose money, and then maybe we can do something. And they're like, "No, nah, yeah, it all revolves around money." I mean, but, but if somebody's asking you, Matt, to to take a pay cut, you're not going to take their word that they're what. You're like, you're going to be like, "Show me, show me, show me why I have to take and lose an extra thirty percent." Show me. 
I mean, if they did something where it was like, listen, I'll take take half my salary. I'll take half my salary. We're only playing half as many games. Fine. But then if we're going to start playing, you know, real early still this year for next season, like they're doing in the NBA, maybe you can throw me a bone or two. I don't yeah. Know. But that's not – but the players would agree to something like that. It, it's – the owners wanted to claw back an extra 30% of the money. What if they, what if the owners, I'm not saying this would happen, but what about this scenario? If they took that, okay, I'm going to take the, an extra 30% of the salary, right? But that 30%, we plan to donate to COVID-19 relief and social injustice, you know, organizations, stuff like that to help, some of the thing issues that are going on right now, um, would the players then be change their tune? Match their MLB commissioner. I don't think so because you're all fired. The, well, from the from the <laughs> players' perspective, that's a that's a charitable donation, so they're going to write it off on their taxes. So from the players' perspective, it's like, wait a second, we have to give up money, we have to lose more money that you were then going to use as a tax write-off. So the only people that are benefiting from it are you guys. Will we lose more money? Well, they could, they uh, could, or they could write it off soon. I don't... You, you, they could write that off. Yeah, but it's not a loss. Why isn't it? Because it's not if, something if, that depreciates. If you were going to make $10 million and instead you're going to make 5 and donate the other 5 to charity... But the, but the players aren't making the donation. It would be the league making the donation instead of paying the players. So the players couldn't don't the players couldn't say that's a loss on their taxes. It's just like if if our if our bosses came to us and said, "Hey, times are tough right now. Everybody needs to take a ten percent pay cut across the board." At tax time, you can't go to you know H and R Block and be like, "Hey, man, I need to um, I need to write that off on my taxes." It doesn't work like that. Right. You're right. Yeah. So it's the, the, the problem is. Well, there's always next year. I tried. Well, and here, here's the bigger problem. The owners are now going to use this as an, as a tactic to artificially keep salaries down next year and then lock the players out in two years at the next CBA. They're going to try to break the union and, and drastically, drive salaries through the floor. And it just so happened that it just so happened that COVID happened and, and is making it easy for them now. Yeah. We were ending this episode on a higher note than this. this Jesse kicked us all in the dick again. Sorry. Dick shot. Hey, maybe they, maybe they, maybe they figured out. Maybe they figured out. I mean, and it's all happy and ice cream puppies again. That's it. So I'll be so happy to be able to watch Phillies baseball this year. Oh, speaking of watching Phillies baseball, it, I did scratch the itch a little bit last night when they showed Game Four of the NLDS, and like it was like the start of like the Phillies like believing that you know on the national on a national scale that year that like everyone even though like. Then that you know the the broadcasters were saying like the the Phillies are the team to beat like they 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 they've got it like they're they're dominant like 
that no one, the World Series is going through Philadelphia that year. It was just so, it was so nice and refreshing to like just sit and watch that again and just kind of, there was a ton of memories just flooding back to like just being 28 years old and going to the, going to the bar after work, after, before every game and watching like the first three innings, four innings at the bar, having dinner, and then going back to someone's house and watching them just beat the shit out of every team that we, that they they faced that year. God, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Because it was like, it was different than the Eagles run, you know, because the Eagles, it was like, yeah, we knew, we knew we kind of had the chance, but we knew like we, there was always that notion of like the Eagles always let us down in some way in years past. Mm -hmm. And it was like with the Phillies that year, it was like, there was just something in the air. It was just like, you knew it. You just knew. And I knew, I knew for sure we had a true chance when Matt Stairs hit that home run against the Dodgers. That for me was like, that was the time when I was like, holy shit, I think we're gonna do it. That ball hasn't landed yet, by the way. I knew they were gonna I knew they were gonna do it. Um the the uh grand slam against um CC. Yeah. I knew it just then like because they could never beat that guy. And we were all together when that happened. Well, three of us. Yep. That was when Jesse got promoted. Yep. Oh, he was in the bathroom. And he was in the bathroom. And and Phillies won. And then Jesse proceeded to take a cheesy watch and kick it down the streets of Philadelphia. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We were all we all had like each one of our chairs when we found out. I think Winheim was the first one that that heard it. And he's like, Victorino hit a fucking great slam. Victorino hit a fucking great slam. And everybody around us is like, shh, shh, shh. Linda's talking. And we're like, shut the fuck up. He hit a grand slam. <laughs> and each one of us had like five or six beers under our chairs. We were cling, 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 cling. We yeah, were that was wasted. Yeah, that was Yeah, we were we were in rare form that night. And I got a stupid watch with the with our company's stupid logo on it <laughs> for my for my uh anniversary. And the next year they start giving out like Tiffany. Oh like, yeah, I got that Tiffany still somewhere here, around here somewhere. So I look at this watch, and it was like a cheap knockoff Casio with like faux crocodile leather. It was like a four imprint.com watch with. Uh... I punted that thing <laughs> across the street, and somebody was like, "They watched no. me do it," and they're like, "I I was right next to you, and you were like, you looked at me, and you had like, you know what, like." You're drunk, but then you know you've hit a you've reached a point where like your breathing your breathing changes because you're just so fucked up. <laughs> like Jesse reached that point when we when we when we when we left the 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 venue and started crossing the street and you turned to look at me and you were like Miss Watch and I'm like yeah and you took that thing and you were like fuck this watch and I was like Jesse don't 
king. Down the road it went. Well, the funny thing, so I was in the pisser because I was supposed to get promoted, and they promoted everybody. So as I'm walking by to go to the bathroom after they did all the promotions, there's the two presidents of our company. And I was, I was, I walked up and they promised I was going to get promoted. I walked up to him, patted him on the back and go, thanks for the promotion, man. Really appreciate it. And walked into the bathroom. Oh, darn. Um, Record scratch. So, so (laughs) Tom comes in and I'm in there like pissed off. He goes, what's wrong, man? I go, I was supposed to get promoted tonight, man. And they, they screwed me. And he had a bottle of uh, bottle of champagne and warm champagne in his hands because he got promoted. He goes, pop. He pops the cork and he smiles at me. He goes, congratulations. So we're in the bathroom drinking piss warm champagne. Oh. And then somebody comes running in and they're like, where? Jesse, Jesse. I'm like, what? I go, you just got promoted. I'm like, no, I didn't. Like, shut the fuck up. We're, we're drinking champagne. Leave me alone. And they, I got dragged out of the bathroom and. Yeah. So I got the watch, and then I kicked the watch across the street. It's like it was like the Deshaun Jackson punt return after that. Yeah. It's a good night. Yeah, it was a good night. Had you not punted that watch, things could have ended differently for the Phils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the night. Wasn't that the night that later we were at the Black Sheep and I wandered away? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was a lot of wandering that night yeah a lot of wandering yeah didn't we walk to like the Irish pub or Dude, yeah I think we were all over the place that night yeah and it was so cool because everywhere you went everyone was just so happy because of what the Phillies were were doing it was it was amazing and Jesse left and Jesse hasn't had enough. Jesse, that's fitting. Jesse's off to the off to the bathroom to sip <laughs> warm champagne. Well, fellas, I think that's a sign. It is episode forty-two is in the books. We covered a lot of ground. I think we made up for lost time. Yes, we did. No Eagles talk, but we'll get to that in forty-three. Yeah, we will. We'll get to that in forty-three. So for myself, the wild Bill. Bill, you still awake? Yes. (laughs) Yes. John, I'm sure Jesse would say bye too, but he's already. uh, I'll do it for him. Go birds. Go go birds, baby. Stay safe. (laughs) Go in peace. Go birds. Oh, and Jesse's back. Jesse. Go birds.